Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 536 with Shandy Chernow. You've got 4 million people and likely their friends and family who aren't meeting that 200 times a year statistic. There's a huge market opportunity there to be able to better service those Americans who suffer from this type of food allergy um, where they can feel more welcome, more safe, more well taken care of. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. You got to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system. Wisetail is a forward-thinking training and communication platform built to engage today's workforce. Wisetail is trusted because it grew up alongside some of the most recognized restaurants in the industry. This has helped them shape their product and its functionality through real-world feedback and rigorous testing. Wisetail can help you scale your training initiatives across all locations while empowering your employees to take control of their learning and their professional growth. To learn more, head over to www.wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. And if you use my links, you'll get your first three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. Wouldn't it be great if you could play music directly from your Spotify account in your own restaurant without worrying about being pinched by the music police? Well, guess what? With Soundtrack, your brand, you can. Unlike Spotify Premium, YouTube, or Apple Music, Soundtrack, your brand is licensed for business use. And with SoundtrackYourBrand.com, you can import your favorite music from Spotify and share them directly with your guests. This deal typically goes for $26.99, but if you act now, you can get this deal for $19.99 per month per location for life. Get on it. Again, that's SoundtrackYourBrand.com or find the banner in the show notes. Let's do this with excitement. Allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Shandy Chernow. Shandy, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am feeling so unstoppable. I'm really excited. Thank you, Eric. I am excited to have you here, and I can't wait to dive into your specialized knowledge. But let me give the listeners an idea of who we're talking to. Raised in the Washington, D.C. area, Shandy Chernow attended Vanderbilt University and graduated magna cum laude. You're wicked smart. I love it. Later in life, as a saleswoman, Shandy developed food allergies, which made taking clients out for dinner burdensome. She thought to herself, there's got to be a better solution. And not long after, Surterstar was created. Surterstar's mission is to protect and improve the safety and dining experience of patrons vulnerable to food allergies. I can't wait to dive into your specialized knowledge. We're going to be kind of just talking about the challenges in the industry and uh, what you can do to better serve these people who have these food allergies. Uh, But before we really dive into that, let's get this motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? So uh, the quote that I chose uh, that kind of drives me is from Oprah Winfrey. It's don't worry about being successful, but work towards being significant and the success will naturally follow. Yes. What do you mean by what what do you think she meant by significant? I don't know exactly what her intention was, but for me, it fits right into our mission. We want to make sure that as many people going out to eat who have food allergies can stay as healthy and alive as possible. 
And if I can uh, help to make that a more significant part of our industry, then I think success will naturally follow. Yeah, that quote reminds me a lot. I think it was Albert Einstein. I can't remember who said it, but it's like, don't focus on being a man of success. Focus on becoming a man of value or a person of value. And it's very similar in be somebody who... Ha- has value. And if you can become a valuable person, other people will show you that they recognize your value and you can uh, become successful. Uh, So awesome stuff. Uh, Great way to get this thing started. So tell us a little bit more about you, who you are, what your backstory is and how you kind of found yourself in this position, uh, developing software to help people with allergies. Sure, no problem. So uh, as you mentioned, I went to Vanderbilt. My degree is in computer science and math, which seems pretty far away from food allergies. Uh, But when I developed food allergies, one of the things that I realized over time, when you talk to a chef or a restaurateur about, you know, here are my food allergies, what are all the things that can keep me safe? It really is a very, very heavy question. It's a lot of data processing in their head to try to get the right answer to you on the fly during service. So I realized that restaurants and food allergies together are really just a big data problem. And that is something that I'm well-equipped to solve. And so it seemed like there really wasn't anyone else solving this problem. And so I designed the software, CertaStar, to eliminate that big, heavy, burdensome thought process and uh, create individualized menus out for food allergy customers. It makes it easier for the customer, makes it easier uh, for the restaurant. And that's how we came to be. Cool. And, you know, it it really is like in the past... 18, 20 years, this like influx of people with allergies. And it has a lot to do with how much we've altered the food system that we all live in today. I mean, there's tons of variables, but there, there is this unquestioning uh, challenge in the industry to how do we deal with these people who have these challenges. And a lot of restaurant owners are kind of um, sour about it because, you know, like it's, I don't think a lot of consumers and guests realize how, much of a wrench that can throw into the system. Uh, so do you want to dive into some of the, the real challenges that, that exist around food allergies like get, and get real real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So no, it definitely is a real challenge. Uh, there's no question. Um, figuring out what it is that that person can eat and safely uh, is, is a big problem, right? And then making sure once you figure that out, making sure that the entire preparation of that ticket or that dish, uh, you know, goes according to plan and gets out to the customer and keeps them safe. It presents a problem, not just in the logistics of doing that and then the thought process of doing it, but also, I mean, frankly, there's a liability problem on the other end, right? What happens if something has gone wrong? So that's a good um, point. Um, I don't want to cut you short, but what no what happens? Like, what is the liability? Who is liable? Do you know the specifics <laughs> on that? Has it changed over the past X amount of years? Like, what's the story there? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, if if the consumer has been honest and truthful and forthcoming with their allergies, and I'm not a lawyer, so don't take any of my words that way, but, and the restaurant, you know, fails to keep them safe, there is a potential that the restaurant could be held liable for that. 30% of food allergic reactions are to foods that the person has never known that they would be allergic to. So the, the burden of proof is relatively high on the consumer. The other side of the liability coin is um, the Americans with Disability Act. So one of the things we hear relatively frequently from chefs or restaurant owners is, you know what, we just don't take food allergy people. We just turn them away. Turns out that uh, food allergies are provided protections under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so 
that would be the same thing analogous to turning someone away in a wheelchair or turning away someone with a different physical disability, um, which we all know is kind of a no-no. And so we want to make sure that the, the restaurants have all the tools that they possibly can to be able to safely handle or as safe as possible handle guests who have food allergies. And it could be a really like challenging conversation because at the same time, small business owners, uh, they are responsible for training all their staff. The turnover is really high. It's hard to keep people to the level of intelligence that they should have or knowledgeable on certain subjects when the, the turn is so high. Uh, and then also the extra expenses of, having different equipment that you need to have to basically cater towards people. So, I mean, what can we do to make sure that, um, I mean, I don't know, I guess, how do I ask this question? How do we prevent getting to the point where it becomes regulated and like all these regulations come into place that maybe might make you becoming a restaurant owner impossible because you don't have the, you know, the, 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 the costs start going up, right. To, to, run a businesses like that. Do you, do you pick up on what I'm putting down? Like what can we do to, like where, totally. so are there regulations in place now or is it unregulated? Like how do we pre- prevent it from becoming overregulated? There's seven States that have regulations that say um, that there has to be some amount of food allergy training. Um, there's some food, you know, common food allergy courses out there, kind of like the food safety courses, but that's about as regulated as it has gotten uh, to this point. Um, with the food labeling laws, uh, which haven't necessarily hit all the restaurant side, um, there's some regulations around the top eight allergens. So that's peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, fish, wheat, dairy, egg, and soy. And you have to label those top eight, although, again, that hasn't hit the restaurant industry yeah. as of yet. But there's been 170 different foods that have been known to cause food allergic reactions. So the regulations that are out there today don't really protect against, you know, anything and everything. What we want to do is just kind of do all the things that we possibly can. I oftentimes analogize uh, CertiStar to the pool fence or the alarm system or the seatbelt. Are you going to prevent every single incident ever? No, but you're doing everything possible. You're making all the best possible accommodations and taking all the precautions that you can to keep your patrons as safe as possible. I think the other variable here too, is if, if something unfortunate does happen uh, accidentally or, you know, if you have the systems in place and you can prove that you're using the systems on that night, but you know, worst case scenarios do happen. Things do slip through the cracks. Like you can defend yourself in court saying like, we weren't being neg- like negligent. Like no, we, just we really happened. do care. We yeah. have taken all these steps exactly. and we do it with every patron that walks through the exactly. door. So you can protect I yourself earlier. 30% of food allergic reactions. The person didn't even know they were allergic to that food before that mm-hmm. reaction happened. So there's no way anyone can, you know, even come close to preventing something like that from happening. But those other 70%, we want to prevent as much as possible. Okay. Uh, and it's not that bad of a, of a challenge to do it if you really break it down. So I'm curious, if you had to scale the industry from on a scale from 1 to 10, give us a, a score on where our food knowledge is or where our food allergy knowledge is and where it should be, where would you put the industry, generally speaking, on that scale? <laughs> it's a hard question, but uh, <laughs> and I think you know every restaurant kind of has a, a huge variation there. I, I spoke with one particular chef who's particularly well-known in the industry for his food allergy policies. Um, And he had told me that he only feels 90% confident with a food allergy customer coming through the door. So that puts the top end of our scale at a nine and kind of everyone else, not quite at a nine. Um, If I had to rank them, which I know you're going to make me do, (laughs) I would say on average, maybe somewhere in the five range. Yeah. Half and half. 
I think that, you know, there are, there are quite a few restaurants who turn people away. There's quite a few restaurants who recognize that it's a problem, but kind of take the gamble. And there's quite a few restaurants who take it really, really seriously. All of them, I think, have some room for improvement um, in, in being able to do even better with those customers and make them feel even more safe and more welcome. And some of the things we were talking about during the pre-interview chat when we were on the phone the days prior uh, mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of benefit right now for those people who do really cater towards this demographic of people that have food allergies, especially in urban areas where there's this high populations and a, a, a greater uh, number of people that have these needs. So what are the, those benefits? Really start diving into why we should For really sure. consider so, this. If I can just rattle off a couple of statistics at you, um, which kind of paint this picture, there's 15 million Americans with some type of food allergy. That number jumps to 50, five zero million Americans with some type of intolerance or allergy. Uh, 25% of those 15 million, that's 4 million people almost, never, ever, ever go out to eat. And when we talk about that in comparison to the NRA, National Restaurant Association statistic, that the average American dines out 200 times a year, you've got 4 million people and likely their friends and family who aren't meeting that 200 times a year statistic. There's a huge market opportunity there to be able to better service those Americans who suffer from this type of food allergy um, where they can feel more welcome, more safe, more well taken care of. So you can market yourself as a food allergy friendly operation and really pride yourself in that high touch, in that caring. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, one of the options, what a lot of chefs would do or what a lot of restaurant owners would do is say, we don't cater to people who need special attention when it comes to food allergies. But really, at the end of the day, we're in the hospitality industry. And what part of saying things but no thanks is hospitable? What part of that is warm, generous and caring? Nothing. Yeah. So... When I was when I was trying to figure out exactly what quote I was going to use, I came across another one that I like in this particular scenario. Um, it was from a gentleman named Shed S H E D D, and it said, "You know, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what a ship was built for." <laughs> exactly right. So you know, it, it's just we are we are designed to take care of people, to care for people, to make them feel welcome, and we should be considering these people, and we should uh, at least put ourselves in the position to show that we care uh, at the very least, even if like we don't execute the processes beautifully, at least we're making an attempt, right? Uh, <laughs> so let's kind of, so the purpose of today's conversation, we kind of identified the, the potential the, the that's there, the, the real challenges that exist around food allergies, but what are five things you give me uh, a list of five things that you want to go over right now of things we can be doing in our restaurants that we might not be doing to better serve people and to safely serve people with food, food allergies. So Let's start with number one. Go for it. Absolutely. So number one would be to encourage conversation. Okay. Um, the more information we pull out of our guest and out of our customer, the better we can have that conversation, uh, you know, back with chef and back with the kitchen to try to figure out exactly what it is that we can serve them to keep them as safe as possible. Um, oftentimes that conversation takes a very long time between customer, server, manager, chef, or some combination thereof uh, to figure out what it is that that person can safely eat. And then when they get the option or two that they're given, you know, oh, gosh, I don't like mushrooms, right? So then you're the picky guest and the food allergy guest. Um, So we want to make sure that we're having as much conversation as possible, as many clarifying questions as we can. Uh, One side point on the conversations, I mentioned earlier, the ADA or Americans with Disabilities Act regulations. We don't want to ask a food allergy customer, how severe is it? 
Why is that? Well, it, first of all, it violates, if, you, if I can analogize over to you know, a physical disability, you wouldn't say, well, how bad is it? Can't you just get up and walk? Same thing here. We don't want to be. We don't want to ask the severity. It comes across as how much should I really care to keep you safe here? Yeah, I think it comes down to is this a food allergy or a food aversion, and are we really going to sure. bust our ass and bend over backwards <laughs> to make sure that we don't put this thing that you just don't like on your plate? You know, like we yeah. have to like flip our kitchen upside down to make sure we don't kill you, or is it just like yucky? I don't like that. You know, there's a huge difference. The the people who are uh, untruthful about their food, food, non allergies, if you will, if I I just don't like mushrooms and therefore I say I'm allergic to them. uh, Those people bother me just as much as they bother the restaurant industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And (laughs) kind of getting on that subject, we're kind of uh, hinting towards it right now. Um, You said encourage conversation and it sounds like Mm -hmm. one of the big reasons why we need to do this that you highlighted is to get the data uh, to, to make sure we have as much information as possible, but also be mindful of the energy that you're putting out when you're having this conversation or you're like, Oh, you have a food allergy. All right. What is it? Uh, (laughs) Like, like, Oh, okay. Well, let's make sure we take care of you and like really show them that you want them to leave your establishment healthy, (laughs) you know, and happy. So be mindful of that energy because it is a pain in the ass. uh, But, you know, you're not going to change that. And it's your job to make these people feel comfortable. So that's what I think of too, when I hear of encourage conversation, are you encouraging them to feel welcome in your place with these challenges? Yeah. Food allergies can hit anyone at any age. I didn't get mine until I was 28. I was happily eating everything and anything up until that point. Um, So it could literally happen to your mom or your sister or your kid Mm -hmm. or your husband or whatever. Um, at any time. So just kind of keep a human face on those customers that come in. Absolutely. So anything else you want to hit on or talk about uh, specifically related to encouraging conversation? Do you want to move on to number two? No, I I think we can move on to number two. Um, And this is one of my favorites. It's I I call it know the basics. So, you know, those, those things that you put out on every table, bread, chips, and salsa, whatever the things that just kind of arrive before anybody even has an ordering type of conversation know what's in them, at least from a top eight perspective. Is this bread nut free? What kind of oil were those chips fried in? Uh, That type of stuff. Knowing the answers to those questions kind of off the top of your head as a hospitality worker makes the customer feel like it's an establishment that takes things seriously, um, that they're cared about, and that somebody has that set of knowledge that we had mentioned earlier that's really important in keeping people safe. What kind of oil goes in the fryer? Um, do the French fries have their own separate fryer or does anybody ever throw the bacon in to crisp it up? Mm-hmm. Things like that. You know, if somebody is familiar with that type of procedural stuff in the kitchen, um, the customer is going to feel, uh, you know, as though they're in an establishment that they can be kept safe in. Yeah. And there's services that exist. I know ServSafe is the National Restaurant Association mm-hmm. uh, under that umbrella that they have uh, serving training around the food allergies. So you can definitely go that outlet and there's plenty of information online, but I think the big thing is to make it a part of your training, your onboarding, like put it in, make it a check that you have to check off during the onboarding process. Did they get the, the food to serve safe training and did they pass? Uh, and then also working in, uh, annually, like doing working into your pre-mail and keeping it top of mind. Um, any other well, keeping, keeping in mind too, that the, um, those trainings aren't specific to the stuff that's in your particular restaurant, Right. So like this bread that is going to show up on the table, is it not safe? Does it have dairy in it? Things like that um, are things that, you know, you can kind of learn once, train once to your staff Mm -hmm. and hopefully then they start to know that. And I think uh, one other thing that comes up often, a simple solution is, do you have, 
everybody doesn't necessarily need to know. I mean, if people can memorize your entire menu and every ingredient, like that's possible. It's also really hard, especially with new people that just haven't committed it to memory yet. Do, do they at least know who to talk to or what document in your restaurant to go to, to get the answer? And that's yeah, as simple absolutely. as just making a list. And is that kind of fall under this knowing the basics is that would that fall into this category there? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and we'll talk about Certistar a little bit more later because that kind of covers off on some of these okay. um, types of knowledge things, right? Like, you know, tell someone to go to Certistar first, but absolutely you should have a go-to person for any new person that comes in, whether it's a more senior server or the manager or whatever. Um, we always want to kind of put chef at the back of that list because they've got enough going on in the middle of service. We don't want to put additional yeah. Uh, question type responsibilities back there. But yeah, this is the manager that you're going to ask all those questions to, or here is your, you know, trainer type of buddy system server. Cool. So sure. number two, knowing the basics and really just educating your people. Number three, hit it. Go purple. What do you mean so by often, go purple? <laughs> oftentimes people ask us, why is Serta Star's logo purple? Why are you guys purple all the time? Well, if you have a color coded kitchen, the color for food allergies is purple. Got you. So if if you add purple into your color coding in your kitchen, what that means is getting some equipment that is purple, right? Purple handled saute pans, knives, cutting boards, gloves, etc. And then when you're working on a ticket for a food allergy customer, um, using only those purple handled equipments, same way that you would only ever use, you know, uh, brown for raw chicken or whatever the case may be in your kitchen. Um, you only want to use purple for the food allergy tickets. And then those pieces of equipment get washed in between every single ticket that you're prepping. Um, so talking about cleaning here, just, just real quick, um, you know, we can't just spray something down with Lysol. If you spray Lysol on a peanut, you know, it's still peanut. <laughs> you actually have to kind of pick up that peanut and move it for it to go away, right? Nothing that you disinfect that way. Yeah, I mean, Lysol and if you're not allergic to peanuts, you're going to get sick from the Lysol. you know it's not going to clean the surface by virtue of spraying it it's not going to clean your hands using hand sanitizer only we got to go with you know hot soapy water and actually removing the stuff off of the equipment but yeah purple for food allergies if you're color coded anyway throw purple in there as the extra color if you're not might be a good idea and it's just a matter of it just makes it simple when you go through the time so this this is just a procedure if you have a food allergy there isn't like if if we're dealing with food that is a a food allergy, it goes on purple and that's just a no brainer and it keeps it the less people have yeah. to think the better basically. Um, we have these little tags, you know, like those little post-it sign things that you put on a document and all the places that somebody has to sign, they make them in all purple. And so we actually suggest to our customers that they tag the plate with a purple flag on it. And then that plate keeps that flag all the way out to the customer so that everybody who touches it knows that it's an allergy. The customer knows that everybody in the back took it seriously along the way. Everything purple all the time. So color coding, everything purple, uh, tools and services. uh, Number three, number four, hit it. Yeah. So keeping your salad station um, allergen friendly, if you will. So salad stations tend to run in one of two ways. Either it's got kind of a square dishes where, you know, the holding dishes for each ingredient where you've got the tomatoes behind the lettuce um, or the cheese behind the croutons or whatever, or the long skinny ones that go all in a line. I always recommend that we move the highly allergenic stuff. So that top eight list I mentioned on the salad station, specifically croutons, nuts, cheese, over to the right and down towards the front. And that way your highly allergenic things, most commonly allergenic, aren't flying over, if you will. They're not passing over 
other ingredients and therefore they're less likely to go contaminate those other ingredients. When we're creating a salad, it's not necessarily enough to say, just don't put nuts on my salad. If you know, nuts are kind of first in line on the, on the salad station, chances are everything else down the line has nuts in there by accident. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we're just taking kind of simple steps like that, rearranging the salad station so that, you know, your salads are being created as safely as possible for your allergy customers. Cool. Great stuff. I I think that's pretty self-explanatory. We can move to the the fifth, which is? Uh, The fifth one is on fryers and grills and just thinking about being mindful of the separation of the stuff that goes in them. So if you have multiple fryers, depending on what's on your menu, and we're always happy to have this conversation or grill, you can, you know, uh, use those interchangeably in this conversation. If you've got multiple uh, fryers, you may want to think about keeping one of them gluten-free or keeping one of them vegetarian, which has the side benefit of keeping, you know, all the shellfish and fish in one particular fryer. Um, You may want to think about the type of oil that you're using. Make sure that it's not peanut oil or soy oil. Use some kind of canola or vegetable oil that's off of that top eight list. Um, That way, more options on your menu become options for more of your food allergy guests. It just keeps more doors open for people. And depending on what your menu looks like, if you're mindful about that, then you keep more options open for more people and you can make less modifications on the fly during service for your food allergy customers. Awesome. Same thing on the grill. Vegetables only over here. Great. Now we don't have to think about where it is that we grill the shrimp if someone orders you know, a vegetarian dish with a shellfish allergy or something along those lines. That's a good point. What if we do have a small grill? Uh, do we have to like, clean the entire grill before cooking uh, a food allergy item? Yeah. So going back to that disinfecting a peanut, if you don't physically remove the protein, and I don't necessarily mean meat, I mean the protein in whatever the food may be, um, it's still there for cross-contamination purposes. When I order, so I I have a shellfish allergy. I also have a pork allergy, which basically means my life sucks. I'm so sorry, sister. Um, I oftentimes ask for, uh, for them to make whatever it is that I'm ordering just in a clean pan. It's an easier modification than trying to get them to clean the grill off, right? Uh, and so that most, most restaurants have been super accommodating about that for me. I know we're not supposed to ask how severe your, your pork allergy is, but yeah, is bad. it worth rolling <laughs> the dice? Cause I don't know. It'd have to be pretty bad to keep me from bacon. I would probably, if it was hives, I would live with hives. I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> my, my reactions have not been just hives. It's uh, I will never know the joy of bacon again. Oh, not man. On I'm so anyway. sorry to hear that. Oh. I know. And it was adult onset, right? I know exactly what I'm missing there. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So um, one last, so I think we, we hit all five uh, again mm-hmm. to summarize, uh, encourage conversation, knowing the basics, going purple allergy-friendly salad bars and separating oils uh, in fry mm-hmm. liters or having separate fry liters um, yeah, and just oils. One more thing just to mention, I have a saying that I like, and this kind of goes on across a couple of those five. Um, I like to tell people when I do training stuff that for a food allergy customer, everything is raw chicken. Raw chicken always hits with the restaurant industry. You understand exactly how bad it can be if you're going to serve a customer raw chicken. You make that unsafe salad with nuts by accident. You know, don't just pull the nuts off and serve them the salad anyway. Think about it as though you accidentally put some mm-hmm. raw chicken on that salad. Toss it out. Make it again. That's a great rule of thumb. Uh, I like that. Uh, I do have one more question before we kind of t- 
get into the evolution of food safety in your restaurants and what you can be doing with tools, with technologies you can be leveraging. But what happens if somebody does have a severe allergic reaction in our restaurant? What should the protocol be if that happens? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So um, if someone has a severe reaction, there's two steps, take them interchangeably. One is alert, you know, somebody who's on staff who might be knowledgeable about it, a manager or a shift supervisor or whatever the case may be. And two is call 911 um, or emergency services if you're not based in the U.S. Uh, let that person talk you through whatever the right steps are. Um, one thing to note here, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not providing medical advice here, but the uh, the insta I'm sorry, the associations of allergists and immunologists internationally suggest that injecting epinephrine, which are those EpiPens you'll see in people's uh, purses or pockets, is less risky than it is to not inject. So if you're not sure, the customer has an EpiPen, um, you know, try to help them to the best of your ability, but please don't fear the injection of the epinephrine. Okay. Um, in, our, in our training classes, we always go through, you know, with the trainers and how to, um, you know, do the injections and what to expect and all that stuff. But the emergency services folks on the line should be able to talk you through all of those scenarios. Cool. Thank you for getting into that. So we've kind of laid out the things you'll be doing, the the systems, the the procedures that have been created and that are common practice within the industry right now. If you're not doing these things, you should really consider doing these things. Uh, what does the future look like? How can we be doing this uh, even better using and leveraging today's technology? And you're going to answer that question. But first, we got to take a break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Your job as a restaurant owner or manager is to paint a picture of the job done right and to empower your employees with the tools and knowledge they need to excel. This is why you need to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system trusted by our industry's most recognized names. With Wisetail, quickly scale your training initiatives across all locations, empower your employees to take control of their own learning and professional growth, foster communication and engagement through their integrated training and communication tools and ensure long-term scalable success with the help of their best in-breed client experience team. They'll take you from goal setting and implementation to ongoing strategy and best practices training to make sure you maximize your ongoing investment in your training and your programs. And if you use my links, you'll get your first three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. Finally, a simple, affordable, and legal way to share the music that best represents your brand. It's called Soundtrack Your Brand. Get access to soundtracks tailored for any business. Side note, studies have shown that playing the right music can impact your sales. Do you have questions about what that right music is? Soundtrack Your Brand can help you there too. Here's a fun fact. I'm sure a lot of you out there listening to this already have a Spotify account. Well, you can take playlists from your account and import them directly into SoundtrackYourBrand.com. And my guests are always saying on the show that their restaurants are an extension of their own personal brand. Well, so isn't your music. And now you can marry these things together legally. Unlike Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Music, Soundtrack Your Brand is licensed for business use. Skip the hassle of ASCAP and BMI because with Soundtrack Your Brand, it's already included. You can even schedule music for the whole week 
and adapt the music for each day part. Typically, this deal goes for $26.99 per month. But if you act now before the end of August, you can get this deal for $19.99 per location per month for life. Again, that's SoundtrackYourBrand.com or find the banner in the show notes. We're back in Shandy. Tell us what does the future of dealing with these challenges look like? Yeah, so uh, today's technology, in my opinion, is Serta Star. So what we do is we create individualized menus on the fly based on whatever combination of allergies your guest may have. Uh, you may have already in your restaurant some technology that lets you um, create an allergen menu or a gluten-free menu or something like that. Generally, those will only cover off the top eight or maybe top 10. As I mentioned before, there's been 170 different foods that have been known to cause food allergic reactions. And so when you have somebody walk in with something that's offbeat, off, off um, the common list, like my pork or garlic or tomatoes, something that you feel like is in every dish in your restaurant, it can be really, really challenging. So at Certistar, we don't discriminate against any of the food. Uh, we let you search any kind of food in any combination. And I think that we're going to have a demo of the software linked in the uh, notes of the podcast, right, Eric? Yes, that's something I want to start doing more of in the future when I have folks like you who do have specialized tools that can serve us in our restaurants. I want to give the listeners a chance to to check out what it looks like. I'm a visual person myself, so I love things like that. So there will be a (laughs) demo in the show notes. If you just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash food allergy, you'll see the show notes to, to today's conversation and that demo video there for you. Yeah, so we create an individualized menu. We, uh, they, the customer or the server puts in what the allergies are, pushes search, and you get back that restaurant's menu, your restaurant's menu in green, yellow, red. Allergen-friendly for that particular customer. Modifications you can make to make that dish modif- uh, allergen-friendly for that customer. And then red, hard stop, no, nothing we can do about it. So what would make something a red versus a modification? Like if like, the main course if, is like fish, like, mm-hmm. like is it that obvious or is there something else that I'm missing? Yeah, no. So a modification would be one of two things, either prepare the dish without some component that the chef who put the recipe in said was, uh, you know, something that you could leave off on the fly. Mm-hmm. So make the fish without the tartar sauce as an example, um, or make this hamburger without the bun or make the, you know, these shrimp, make sure you grill them in a clean pan as opposed to on the grill top. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of modifications that you'll see. So a, an example would be uh, if it was a breakfast place and uh, they wanted the side order sausage patty um, and they're allergic to pork, it would be a, a red, like you can't have sausage patty. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, now some people, um, I can't remember this came up on the show or I think it was on the show. Well, when somebody asks to modify the plate, they'll say, no, I'm not going to do it because the way you're ordering it is going to taste like garbage and I'm <laughs> sure. not going to serve garbage. <laughs> like if it is that like something as the chef, can you choose <laughs> to like not let people remove certain ingredients if it's going to ruin? Yeah. Like, you know, they're afraid that like if you eat this, you're not going to like it. And then you're going to give me a bad review because you remove the key ingredient that's going to make this dish horrible. No, totally agree. So <laughs> when you put your when you put your dishes into Serta Star, you get to pick. You know these things are are omittable or not. Yeah, uh, you make nothing omittable off of any plate. Either you eat it the way it is, or yeah. you don't. That's totally fine. Like hollandaise, uh, for example, and you're allergic to eggs. Like, no, I'm not going to make eggless hollandaise. 
like it's right? not going to happen. Like you don't know what you're ordering right now. Like we no, we're order. we're big on not asking any restaurant or any chef to um, change anything about what it is that they're doing today. We just want them to write it down in an accurate way so that we can do the data processing for you and provide back an accurate set of options for the customer. The goal is to be less painful for the kitchen, less stressful for the kitchen, save time for everyone, not anything else. So I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. If I'm a restaurant owner and I want to leverage Certistar, what I do is I, I work with Certistar or Certistar can do all the data entry on their own uh, and they go through my menu and list every ingredient. And then now my menu becomes searchable online. So if there's a consumer that wants to go out to eat and they have really specific food allergies, they can look at my restaurant and look at my menu and know what they can eat on my menu that's safe. That's exactly right. So uh, we use the words allergen friendly for the green section. Uh, By the way, we never reveal any of the lists of ingredients that are in a particular dish. We just, we look through them in our proprietary database that's secured. So you don't have to worry that any of your recipes are ever going to be leaked out anywhere or anything like that. Nobody has access to them. Um, we go through the list of ingredients and we have a proprietary translation. So like I have a pork allergy, I know to look for bacon, ham, prosciutto, all sorts of different words that really mean pork. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we come back with the, you know, green, yellow, red, or in the no modifications restaurant, maybe just green and red. So one other uh, thought that just popped into my head, uh, what's that experience like in the restaurant? So we're kind of setting it up so people can search and be proactive before ever getting to our restaurant. But how does this service increase the guest experience or better the guest experience in house right there? Is there sure. a way it so does? We, yeah, we, we made it so that logistically we work however the restaurant wants us to. You can integrate us into um, any point of sale system. You can print out the menu for that particular guest. If you've got, you know, a reservation taking system and we know the food allergies, you can actually print them out their own individualized menu. You can show up at the table with an iPad. Any manager can have it on their phones. We don't limit any of the potential options. You can integrate it into your website or into your app. None of those options cost anything different from us. We just want to make it as easily integratable into your restaurant as possible. So if I'm a server and somebody comes up to me or I come up to a table and I start taking the order and somebody asks about food allergies, can do you train the server to say, Hey, go to the app or would like how, what's that look like? How does that change the encounter there? I'm curious. Sure. So again, depending on the restaurant, right? Either the server can say, Oh, hang on one sec. Let me grab iPad manager's phone. Let me go hit the POS system. Let me go to the back where the manager's computer is. Um, whatever the case may be, wherever they're accessing it, go there, put in the allergies and either come back with a set of options for the customer, print it out, hand them the iPad, um, however you want, you know, as a restaurateur, however you want that experience for the guest to be, we're okay with. As long as they're getting their options and we can keep them as safe as possible, that's the goal. So as a server, can I say head over to servicestar.com, enter in our restaurant and you can see, is that like an option? You'd go to, you know, restaurantabc.com and go into your own okay, website. Gotcha, gotcha, We'd gotcha. embed it into that. Okay, cool, cool. Gotcha. Thank you for getting into that. Sure. Um, so one other thought came to mind that I put this on the back burner until the end. Uh, in today's age, if we are super attentive to individuals with food allergies, we should be marketing this. Uh, we should be putting this all over our website, making it searchable, especially if people are putting 
allergy safe restaurants, like we should be ranking our restaurant to be number one. If we're investing in these tools, if we're really putting the time and the energy into training our people, do you have any advice on how to get found? If you do put wow. all this energy in, is that, is that on your radar? Absolutely. So, um, I couldn't agree with you more, by the way, we've talked a little bit about kind of avoiding the reaction, avoiding yeah. the liability, but there's definitely a huge market that we're missing in the restaurant industry to be able to go out and reach. Um, everybody's familiar with services like Yelp. There's another service called Allergy Eats that we're quite friendly with. Past guests on the show way back in, in the day. Yeah, where you can put in the reviews uh, based on you know your allergy ex- experiences and rank the restaurant. So when people who do have food allergies are going out to eat, they oftentimes will go to, a, to Allergy Eats and go find a restaurant that way. Um, and it's a great way to be able to market to the community. They're very, very close-knit, and they're very, very vocal. So when they have great experiences, they t- shout it from the rooftops. Um, unfortunately, when they have poor experiences, they also shout yeah. it from the rooftops. So uh, let's go make all those experiences as great as possible. What's the gentleman's name over at Allergy Eats? Again, it's escaping my mind. Paul Antica. Paul, yes. I got to get Paul back on the show. It's almost been five years since he's been on the show. So maybe a lot has changed, and uh, we Absolutely. can kind of maybe get these two recordings close to each other since they're kind of, uh, what's the word? Symbiotic. Uh, yeah, Paul's great. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, again, head over to restaurant slash food allergy. And I'll have, uh, the summary of today's discussion over there. Any final thoughts, anything we haven't hit on yet, uh, that you think the listeners should know before we say goodbye. Yeah. And don't forget when you go over to uh, the website that you also have a promo code there, which is unstoppable. So if you become a CertaStar customer, make sure you put in your unstoppable promo code for a bit of a discount and we can link it back to the show. And again, just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash food allergy. I'll have all the links as well as the video demo that we'll be hosting in the show notes as well if you want to check out more because if you guys are anything like me you're a visual person and it helps out a lot so again shandy thank you so much there is no questioning you are unstoppable do you want to respond to that (laughs) do you want me to (laughs) you can okay (laughs) thanks eric likewise it's been a real pleasure and an honor to be on the show with you today thank you so much cheers There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable, and I almost edited out that last bit there, uh, but it made me laugh, and I hope it made you laugh, too. Uh, anyway, some great advice from Shandy Chernow on the five things we can be doing to better serve those with food allergies. Also, we got to dive into her product, Certistar. Uh, and if you're interested in Certistar, uh, the future of serving those with food allergy needs, then head over to the show notes, find the link and enter promotional code unstoppable and support this mission of inspiring, empowering and transforming the industry. Also, I linked to the purple cutting board that we're talking about. Uh, so if you're interested in leveraging that system, using a purple cutting board for all food allergy situations, then you can find a commercial purple cutting board in the show notes as well, along with a summary of today's discussion. Just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash food allergy. All right, guys. Uh, great stuff today. And like always, please do reach out to me. Let me know who you want to hear from. Let me know what your challenges are. 
I'm here to serve you, and I can best serve you when I know where the pain is. And I'm going to be on the road again uh, this past summer, two and a half months on the road, 14,000 miles, got a ton of great content. But what I'm learning is that the best content comes on the road. I'm able to connect with my guests at a whole different level, and I can also get higher profile guests when I show up. And I'm in their neighborhood, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking them, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I want to talk to you. People in our industry, we make time for those who show up on our front steps. So I can get better guests on the show, and it's all just way better. So if you found that the most recent episodes were stellar, and you want more content just like that, then support this podcast uh, by sharing it, by leaving reviews, by using the links in my show notes when I have products and services that are being recommended. If you use my links, uh, that really does support the podcast. Also, if you uh, make sure you let my sponsors know that you heard about their tools on the show, that also helps. That means my ad space is more valuable. That means I can get more money for my ad space. So these are all things you can do to help support the podcast. Uh, and I want to, like I said, I want hit, to hit the road again. And another way you can support the podcast is by uh, inviting me to your city. Help me connect with the people in your community that need to be made an example of. I'll I'll, I'll drive to you. I'm, I've proven that I'm willing to drive. I've driven across the country, around the country this past summer. And uh, that's, that's where the good stuff is. So help me out. Give me some leads. And let's do this together. All right, guys. That's all for today. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. I love you all. Until next time, peace out.